Global law and global business go hand in hand, but never seem to keep pace with each other. BRICS and other developing and developed nations wax and wane in their importance on the global stage, while consumption and interconnectedness both increase. Laws and regulations change incessantly, requiring businesses to stay nimble. How do we make sense of it all? Welcome to Global Law and Business, hosted by Harris Brickens, international business attorneys. I'm Fred Rockefort. And I'm Jonathan Bench. Every Thursday, we take a bite-sized look at legal and economic developments in locales around the world as we try to decipher global trends in law and business with the help of our international guests. We cover continents, countries, regimes, governance, finances, legal developments, and whatever is trending on Twitter. We cover the important, the seemingly unimportant, the relatively simple, and the complex. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Please connect with us via email and social media to comment and suggest future topics and guests. With 210 million people and a GDP of $3.5 trillion, Brazil is Latin America's undisputed giant. Its economy is the largest in the region and the eighth largest in the world. But the COVID-19 pandemic is taking a toll on the Brazilian economy. The real, the country's currency, has lost approximately 20% of its value since the beginning of the year. As Winston Churchill once said, however, one must never let a good crisis go to waste. Brazil's economic woes present opportunities for foreign investors, and we are privileged today to have with us a distinguished Brazilian attorney and businessman to discuss the situation. Rodrigo Guedes Nunes wears two hats. He is the vice president of Caibo Biotech, which develops biological pharmaceutical products originated from animal venoms. In addition, he is an attorney who specializes in offering worldwide legal support to Brazilian businesses and individuals. He is joining us from Sao Paulo this afternoon. Welcome, Rodrigo. Hi, Fred. Hi, Jonathan. It's a pleasure to be here with you. We appreciate you taking the time and we're looking forward to digging into your expertise a bit more. Can we start off by asking... How is Brazil dealing with the COVID-19? It's on everyone's mind. Uh, a lot of us in the uh, in the United States are, are very concerned about countries like Brazil uh, that are on a strong growth curve, but uh, running into this, we know it's going to have a big impact. So can you talk a little bit about what you're seeing and what you're hearing in Brazil? Yes, sure, Jonathan. There's a crisis, like a crisis never seen before in Brazil. I never saw that in my life before. Uh, probably probably not, not one of us saw that before. Maybe our grandparents, if they're still alive, but uh, I mean, it's it's a new thing for everyone. And Sao Paulo is trying very hard to to prepare for this crisis, and we are putting up like uh, improvised hospitals. We are we are converting uh, stadiums and other uh, public facilities to become hospitals, and we are uh, trying our best to prepare for for the crisis. Uh, other states are also doing their best. I know. I know they're doing like everything they can. But um, uh, one thing that it's in, uh, important to say is that Brazil it's very uh, well placed to face the crisis. Like we have uh, 2.62 2.62 uh, uh, intensive care units for each 10,000 inhabitants. So we are in front of France, in front of Italy, in front of the UK, in terms of uh, uh, preparedness for this crisis. 
politics in Brazil is getting kind of in front of rationality for dealing with the crisis, uh, which what is making it harder to deal with this threat. Because our president, uh, Mr. Bolsonaro, uh, in spite of being like a liberal, of being converted a liberal and liberalizing the, the economy, he used to say like two weeks ago that the, the, the crisis, it wasn't a crisis, it was like a, a, a politics, uh, some, some, some maneuver from, from politicians from the other uh, political spectrum, and he downplayed the crisis. So it took Brazil like one or two weeks more than what was necessary to adapt and to uh, and to realize what was what was going on. Rodrigo, turning now to the economy, how is the crisis affecting the the economy, uh, and how do you expect that it will continue to be affected as we uh, await for a stabilization of the situation? Well, Fred, uh, like. F- for now, the way I see it, Brazil is kind of anesthetized, anesthetized uh, with the crisis because uh, like uh, it's heating now. People are realizing it's serious now, only now, like a few days ago, it wasn't uh, there. There was still the discussion, people saying that it wasn't a crisis, a, a real crisis, that uh, uh, it was something like coming from politics uh, and uh and now we are realizing that uh, the, the the country is realizing that the 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 crisis is very serious, and it's uh, something we have to really pay attention to. So uh, and also the government is still sending like uh, mixed mixed signals, which uh, are confusing companies. Companies are not uh, are are not aware of if they will have to really close down everything. Or if they're going to be able to 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 in 15 days or something, people still talks about this here. Like maybe in 20 days everything will be fine. We'll be back to work. So it's not uh, it's not it's still not um, real here. I I could say the thing. Like people are still doubting what's going on. Uh, I think like in the future. Of course, I, I, I'm aware of the of the seriousness of the situation of the uh, what's happening and i think that uh f- like kind of five uh factors will will play a key role for the for the recovery or for like uh facing the crisis and and staying uh being able to stay in a in a good shape for the economy the first one it's like it's how business models the company's business business models will adapt how fast they will adapt to the new uh, the new normal we're facing now companies will have to uh, realize from now on that the the the, the old normal it, it's not going to be possible in the near future we don't know how long it will take but i i guess it won't it won't come back until 1 1.5 years one and a half year i think the pharmaceutical industry will take uh, probably at, at least eight months to come up with with, with something that uh, that uh, can uh, be be good for this or can treat the the, the, the illness so um, I think the uh, companies will have to to adapt very fast so leadership will be very important now for these companies to to actually to survive and to stay like running the second thing, it's uh, we have to monitor 
it's important to 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 be monitoring constantly monitoring the 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 number of bankruptcies that uh will happen in brazil i project like for for now as i'm saying like people are still companies are still not realizing what's going on so uh they are still thinking they can come back to business in a few days maybe 15 days they, they think it depends on the government to say when whenever they can come back or not but uh it's important to 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 monitor this, this the, the the number of bank bankruptcies and uh to 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 really be uh have like a, a temperature to to of what's going on in the economy the third thing it's uh to to monitor and to 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 see what what's happening it's the loss of corporate confidence uh and that will depend like largely on uh, on fiscal easing uh programs uh and and other incentives that that the government may or may not come up with uh brazil's government is already like uh saying that they will inject uh probably 1 trillion reais maybe less uh, in the economy, which one trillion reais will be like something like two hundred billion dollars U.S. dollars. So this, of course, helps in the in the in the uh, short run, but it's not like a solution, especially because uh, in, uh, in in differently from 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 the U.S., the Brazilian real is uh, we have a, a history of inflation in Brazil. So maybe we we can have problems with uh, fiscal easing in Brazil. It may not be like the 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 the, the silver shot. You know, it it might be a problem. The fourth thing, it's to monitor and to see how other economies will be impacted, because we are like the our, our largest uh, trade uh, partner in Brazil now is China. It used to be China. I don't know today because things uh, change a lot nowadays with the crisis. But we, we have China as our largest uh, uh, partner in commerce, international commerce. So depending on how China will be impacted and how what's going on, what, what's going to happen in, in, in China, Europe, and in the U.S., of course, the U.S. is our second uh, uh, commerce partner. Uh, depending on how these countries are are impacted, we, we we will be able to understand better how Brazil will survive or will pass the crisis. And the most important thing, the fifth factor, it's the length of the lockdown. This is what is killing the economy right now. Okay, today, like the, the whole country uh, realize what's going on. I, I mean, they are starting to realize and starting to stay at home. The international uh, authorities for health are, are recommending, of course, everybody to stay home. And local authorities are, 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 are sending mixed uh, signals to the country. The, 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 the federal government says, the president says that it's not, it's not that, 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 that much a big deal. Like he himself goes out and, and meets people and talks to people and says it's not a big deal. But his minister, his, his health minister, clashed with him last week and uh, saying that, no, this, this was wrong. Everybody should stay home because if everybody gets infected, if a lot of people gets infected in the short run, even if, even if we have like a, a, a large number of intensive care units, 
the, our, our health system will, won't be able to, 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 to support everybody that uh, will need it. So I think the most important thing to answer your question, Fred, is to, and, and I don't have the answer, of course, it's how long the lockdown will, 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 will be in place. Because I foresee, for my, and in my estimates, like every quarter of lockdown, our economy will fall, our GDP will fall, will fall 3.5%. So if, ha if we have three months of lockdown, Brazil's economy will shrink 3.5. If we have six, it will be 7% GDP shrink and so on. If we have a year, it will be 14%, maybe more, maybe close to 20. I don't know. So I think this, these factors will be of great impact to, to the economy. And uh, I believe that the lockdown, in my opinion, the lockdown will take not less than six months to be uh, eased, or at least like uh, to, to be a, a good idea to ease the lockdown. And in six months, we, we, we're going to have like a 7% uh, shrink, uh, diminution in, in our GDP. Uh, to nowadays, our, our, our um, unemployment rates are going up each day like people around, you can see people who are poor, and we have a lot of them in Brazil, very poor, like under the poverty line sometimes. They are already like having uh, troubles, uh, making ends meet, having things to eat next day. These people, like they work today to have a meal tomorrow with the money. So these people are already like desperate. And this is, I'm talking about something like 30% maybe yeah 30% of our population so these are uh, 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 i think the, the the factors that will be impacting brazil's economy in the in the near future you mentioned china's role in, in being brazil's largest trading partner can you talk for a minute about how china's work involvement in brazil's economy is perceived to to brazilian people I mean, is, it, is it a good thing is it a necessary thing is it a necessary evil how do you how do you see that i think uh brazil as other countries in latin america we are uh, uh dem democracy is kind of new in brazil uh, 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 democracy came back in 1986 it's relatively new so uh People are, uh, are still confused if, uh, if it's really a, a, a good thing or not. Of course, Sao Paulo, like Brazil, like I said, like I mentioned, it's, uh, it's composed of several states and Sao Paulo is the, 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 the richest one. Sao Paulo, of course, has a, it's not, a, it's not a, a standard to discuss Brazil, but um, uh, I think that Brazilians see China as a good commerce partner and that's it they also like see uh i don't, I don't know I, I think in the west we made like a, a, a mistake in the west when we uh started tolerating uh, uh i mean uh, dictatorships and and, and 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 countries illiberal countries uh just looking at the money and just looking at the the the, the commerce benefits that this, this could bring but there's a downside on this 
that is if you if you have any problem with the country if they don't like you which is happening right now the brazilian government just like two three weeks ago they had a a, a, a clash with with china and now china suddenly became like not an ally anymore so uh i mean probably we're gonna have some some we're going to start to have some problems now with china the, the 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 our commerce with with China it's a it, it's 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 a very simple one it's uh, basically commodities we, we send them commodities with we send them soybean uh, and other uh, commodities uh, agricultural commodities we, we we produce in Brazil and they and they send us those uh, electronics pr products and and tires and all sorts of things that that China produces but. Um, I think that the, the Brazilian population sees China as a good, uh, a, a, a good business opportunity. Let's put it like this, and uh, not not very. It's not an evil. It's not a, like a good thing. It's just it's just good business, the way I see it. You mentioned uh, with all the Brazilian companies kind of now starting to realize, or maybe not even realizing yet, that that this crisis could go on and very significantly impact their their company's future that may lead to a lot of bankruptcies. And so that will probably mean a lot of opportunities for companies that have the cash reserve uh, that can make some strategic acquisitions during this time. What do you, what do you see uh, coming down the pipe in that regard? What I see Jonathan coming down on, on, on this uh, matter is in two, three, four weeks, like companies will 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 start realizing that um, they're not going to be able to 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 live uh, life as before. So a lot of companies are already facing uh, 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 cash flow problems. So they are like desperate going after uh, the federal government or banks, private banks. But credit is shrinking also, at least private credit. The, the 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 government is trying i know very well they are they are trying to 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 uh, to provide like additional credit for companies but brazil we have but for this we have to uh to put money on the market to 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 inject money on the market and we are uh, already the, with with uh, running deficits in our uh, in our government so there's a limit of what the government can do. Another thing that that politicians are are ventilating, ideas that are, they they are ventilating is like printing money, which is a nightmare from the 80s for Brazil. So it wouldn't be a good idea to print money like like we thinking that we are the the, the U.S. that we have the dollar that the world will will uh, will absorb our currency. No, it's going to stay in Brazil. And it, it's going to like create inflation. So, I mean, it, it, it can be used, of course, but not to the same extent as other countries and, and, and regions like the, the, the European Union can, can print uh, euros or the US can print dollars. Brazil cannot print reais as, as they wish. You know, it's, it's very uh, uh, monetary policy here, uh, in my view, of course, it's a bit different than other countries that have uh, that has uh, hard currencies, and the world uh, uh, absorb can absorb their currencies.
if they put it in the market. So it's something tricky how the government will, will be dealing with this. But the, the, the good side of this is that uh, the, there, in, in, I, I project like, like in three weeks, four weeks, like thousands, if not millions of companies will start to file for bankruptcy. And they will be desperate for cash and hard currency. Nowadays, I mean nowadays, today and probably tomorrow and, and, and one week, they, didn't, they, they still didn't realize that they are going to be uh, 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 broke if they cannot uh, uh, go back to business. They, they think they might go back to business because the government tells them so right now, the federal government. So they are still, uh, like I said, anesthetized. Uh, they're not feeling the pain that it's coming still. Some of the companies are, 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 have a lot of, uh, uh, of cash to spend. They, are res they have reserves. But I mean, this is the tiny minority of Brazilian companies. If the lockdown stays in place for one more month and or two more months, which I think it's very, uh, 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 it's very uh, probable, uh, it's probably going to happen. We're, we're going to have like millions of companies like filing for bankruptcy, like good companies, healthy companies. They, they used to be healthy. They used to have like, they have uh, uh, good uh, production lines. They have good clients. They used to have good clients. They, uh, so, but this very companies will be fine filing for bankruptcy or uh, trying to find international partners to, to, to join forces with them to, to, to be able to support this lockdown time and to survive actually, not to, not to break in, in two months. And um, another point, I think in, in, in a month or something, valuation, the valuations of these companies will go down like steeply. So a company that, that is now nowadays uh, valued at 700 uh, million reais will be probably in one month, one and a half month, valued at 500, maybe 400, maybe less. It depends on the on the on the, the 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 market they are operating at, but uh, valuations will go down steeply in the next weeks, in the next month. So this presents another opportunity, in my view. Another point: it's our our exchange rate. Today it's it's going uh, five point ten reais for each U.S. dollar. Uh, it, it, it reached already 5.35, 5.3, and it's oscillating around this number. And uh, in, in, in PPT, per, Purchase Parity, uh, power, parity uh, Terms, uh, one Brazilian real can buy virtually the same as one US dollar can buy in, in the US of non-tradable goods, of course, like the, uh, like the Big Mac index. So uh, if you think about it, uh, Brazil, uh, you can buy like virtually the same company you could buy in the U.S. for five times less. You divide by five and you can buy it in Brazil, a stake in the company. So and I, I think whenever uh, Brazil uh, gets real about that, that will happen, happen probably in two weeks, three weeks. Whenever we get, we, we get real about what's going on, 
the exchange rate might probably hit six, six for one dollar, six reais for one dollar, uh, making it uh, even cheaper for 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 foreign uh, investors to 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 buy stakes in Brazilian companies. So, uh, in in summary, companies in the very short term will be devaluated, desperate for cash, and dollar the uh, U.S. dollars will be king in Brazil. So there, there will be uh, hundreds, thousands of opportunities of companies to, 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 to acquire participations in Brazil or to, to enter the market or even to buy companies that other uh, international, uh, uh, international actors are, 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 are leaving sometimes Brazil. That happens too. They decide this is, oh no, this is too tough. It's not all the, the, not all the companies around the world that that can uh, that are ready to 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 uh, to to work in the Brazilian market like emerging markets are are, are tough we, we have exchange rate uh, issues we have uh, fiscal deficit issues sometimes even government even government issues so it's 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 different from uh, making business of course in in developed markets but uh, nonetheless, I think uh, Brazil, it's, it's, it's turning in the new China. We are democratic. We, are, we have now a government that uh, is liberal, that uh, knows the benefits of, of, uh, of, of international uh, trade, of free markets, and, and a, a very good ally of the United States. The, the federal government now it's absolutely aligned with the U.S., with U.S. interests. And I think this is very good for uh, the integration of our economies. I think this will be, and Americans are very welcomed in Brazil, very well seen. Chinese, not that much. Chinese are Chinese, but uh, Americans are like, we are all the same. We are uh, from, from the West. We think the same. We, we like freedom the same way. That's the way I see. I, th uh, I see. I, I think there will be a lot, a lot of opportunities, and whoever uh, can be uh, uh, well, well, well uh, placed in this in this moment that I think will happen in one month, probably in May, May to June. Whoever is well placed here and ready to 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 evaluate the deals and 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 talk to people and and close the deals, we'll be able to buy stakes in very healthy companies, in very good companies for a good, very good discount. That's the way I see it. Rodrigo, this is very interesting, and, and you bring up a, a good point. Uh, I think that for many, certainly for Americans uh, and, and, and for, for Europeans in general, um, there's that concern sometimes with investing in places like China because of those perceived differences. And, and one of those key differences has to do with the legal system. So I was hoping you could tell us um, about the Brazilian legal framework uh, for or, or relevant aspects of the Brazilian legal framework for potential investors who might be looking at taking advantage of the current juncture in Brazil. Mm -hmm. Yes, uh, Fred. Uh, Brazil is a totally open economy. Okay, our 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 uh, constitution uh, puts in an equal uh, place 
everyone. Like Brazilians are uh, equal to any foreign foreigner that comes to Brazil. They have the same rights. They can do the same things. The, the, uh, the, the only thing that, that makes uh, Brazil a little harder for foreigners to, to deal with, of course, is bureaucracy. But, um, I mean, uh, it, it is actually a problem. But this is something like good lawyers and good accountants can do the trick, you know. And also, uh, if uh, bureaucracy means money. It means time. Sometimes you have to wait a bit more. Sometimes you have to hire lawyers. Sometimes you have to hire accountants. Sometimes you pay a little more uh, 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 taxes than you expected before because, uh, uh, because of bureaucracy. And this is what, uh, I mean, I think uh, that holds Brazil for being like uh, a China today. And we have laws, of course. Uh, we have a, a, you, you cannot like put people to work for 14 hours. We have uh, uh, work legislation here that uh, that protects, of course, people from being enslaved or or, or, or unfairly treated. But uh, this is a good thing because, on the other end, they are they are a market themselves. They consume, you know. They 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 are they are also consumers. So uh, I mean, uh, it's Brazil. It's open. The constitution allows everyone to do business here the same. So uh, I think Brazil is very well prepared right now to receive a, a, a foreign investment. The government will have to, to adapt a bit. And the good news is that uh, the crisis came in a way that the uh, government is working fast right now. They are changing uh, rules fast. The bureaucracy is being uh, uh, like wiped out gradually. Uh, also, also because of the 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 the, the political and uh, inclination of this uh, of our current president and the current government, and uh, I think if the U.S. can uh, also the, the the U.S. government can demonstrate interest also in coming to Brazil and in, in, in investing in Brazil, the the government is very open to this. The legislation is ready already. What we have now is bureaucracy. Bureaucracy has a price on a side, but can be slashed also if the government is, is proactive uh, in, uh, in this uh, activity. And uh, the, uh, the crisis, the, 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 the COVID crisis is making uh, new legislation to pass in record time. So we are, uh, we are open to business right now and whatever is necessary, I think, to adapt, the government will be very open to adapt in the in the short run, but even now, if nothing changes, Brazil is open. Brazil is open for business. It's pro-America, pro-West. Of course, we are a democracy. Also, we are like a free people here, and we would love to 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 have like uh, more investment and more uh, uh, companies, international companies, coming to our market and 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 doing business with us. So Rodrigo, you you if I could sum up what you just said, you think Brazil is ready to do business, is poised to do business. There are strong laws in place to protect companies that are investing, so they have good uh, a good basis in contract, and uh, they can expect a, a very pro business environment when they are looking at Brazil. Absolutely, absolutely. Rodrigo, thank you very much. This has been 
an incredibly informative session. And part of what we're trying to do with these podcasts is really encourage people to seek out information about other countries and what's happening there there in terms of, of law and business. And as part of that, uh, one thing that Jonathan and I would like to do is ask our guests and, and also each other, what are some of the things that we're reading that are helping us increase our understanding of the, of the wider world? So uh, I would love to hear uh, what you're reading at the moment. Uh, Fred, uh, nowadays, like I, I use like an app from Amazon called Audible, so I hear a lot of books. It's uh, it's it's a lot. It's very useful and uh, augments increases your productivity a, a lot. So the book I'm actually listening to right now, it's called uh, "The Splendid and the Vile" from Eric Larson. It's about uh, Britain. In the Second World War, uh, when uh, Winston Churchill assumed as Prime Minister, and uh, he literally, literally uh, taught the British people uh, the art of being fearless, and this is helping me. Like the book is helping me to to strengthen my my beliefs and uh, and to uh, to believe in the future, even if we are like. And at home right now, having to work at home and seeing our, our companies like going in, in the way that they are going to, 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 to break in the near future, if nothing happens. I think that this book is, uh, is very useful. And this is exactly, I think, what we need nowadays. We have to, to learn the art of being fearless and to face the challenges without fear and with uh, with faith. That's what I'm reading now. Well, that makes me feel a lot better about having started off with a Winston Churchill quote. Uh, Jonathan, what are what are you reading? Right now, I'm in the middle of Confessions of an Economic Hitman. And this is a fascinating story by an author named John Perkins. And he's, we could spend a whole hour just talking about this because he is, he goes through uh, the development from from developing uh, countries like Saudi Arabia, um, Indonesia, you know, from the late 60s up to the present time and how the U.S. foreign policy in interacting with, with countries changed post-World War II. It, it's such a fascinating story and it, it uh, half the time it reads like a spy thriller and half the time like uh, political discourse on whether or not the way the U.S. has done business in the last 50 years, 70 years, is uh, is the right way to do it, and it's been good for the countries that we've that we've dealt with. So it's really caused me to think critically about the way that I do business personally and the way uh, the U.S. is doing it as me as an agent. What about you, Fred? What's on? What's in your reading queue these days? So I'm a big fan of Audible as well, but I've sort of gone in the opposite direction and having time here at home to uh, to look around and see what I can find that I've been ignoring. I actually uh, picked up a, a rather old book. I mean, I think it I think it's older than I am. It's it's yellowed and um, was originally bought by my by my grandfather, who, who was a, an avid reader. And uh, it's called I just started, but I thought when I saw it, I thought this would be 
great uh, preparation for one of our upcoming conversations uh, on this podcast, and it's called The Blue Nile. It's by an author called Alan Moorhead. And uh, as the title suggests, it is a basically a travel book uh, about the, the Blue Nile and the, and the countries that, uh, that, uh, that uh, you know, through which the, the river goes through Ethiopia, Sudan, nowadays South Sudan, and, uh, and Egypt. So I thought this would be a good way of learning a little bit more about a part of the world that I don't know at all and uh, get, get us ready for that uh, shift to Africa that we'll be having in, in a little bit. The Blue Nile by Alan Moorhead. Rodrigo, thanks for taking the time to talk with us today. It's been absolutely fascinating. Love getting to know you better as well as your expertise and your insider's view on Brazil. My pleasure, Jonathan. Uh, it's, a, it's an honor to be, uh, to be invited for this, for this podcast and uh, I'm here. Whenever you need, just call me up. I'm always here. Thank you, Rodrigo. Obrigado. And we look forward to having you on the program before too long. Muito obrigado. Thank you very much, guys. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. We look forward to connecting with you on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and anywhere else you want to find us. Until next week. Thank you.